0: (音楽) Music politicians, tyrants, and citizens who actually believe being unarmed will keep them safe from the first three. Exercise your rights in a safe way. If you really think gun control works, you need to carry a potted plant around with you to replenish the oxygen you're stealing from all the free-thinking people out there. Politicians that infringe on our God-given rights. He calls them out. He's not here to play. You heard the man. Let's go. We are locked and loaded on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. And yes, you know this podcast. It's all about firearms, the Second Amendment, and all things pertaining thereto. And you know me too. I'm your host, Royce Bartlett. Still reeking of gunshot residue, toxic masculinity, and just a tantalizing whiff of the cologne of my people. That would be hops number nine. You know it, baby. Hey, we've got a great program in store for you. have a great guest I'm going to introduce you to in just a few minutes. First, I want to tell you about the new website that was built for me by the people at Buzzsprout. It's at shootingstraightradiopodcast.buzzsprout.com. shootingstraightradiopodcast.buzzsprout.com. There, you can find the links to all of your favorite podcast platforms where you can catch the program. A total of 18 now, believe it or not, 18 different podcast platforms out there that you can catch the program on, so you have zero excuses for missing the program. Also, if you would like to get first access to all of the episodes from here on out, from this day forth and forevermore. Go to patreon.com forward slash shooting straight radio podcast. Patreon.com forward slash shooting straight radio podcast. And you can sign up there for $10 a month and you get some cool merchandise and media content that nobody else gets. So check it out again patreon.com forward slash shooting straight radio podcast. You'll be assisting and aiding in the furtherance and continuance of the program, and you get some cool stuff and some great benefits out of it on top of that. Also, don't forget about the Shooting Straight Radio podcast page on Farcebook. How much longer it will be on there, I don't know, because, my goodness, they kicked me off of there with such regularity. I mean, with all the frequency of a cheap ham radio, I'm telling you what. But I don't care. They they don't like the truth, and I don't like their lies. So I guess we're going to continue to be at odds. Uh, they always seem to like to shut me up, and and that's fine. But they're still not gonna maybe on their platform, but certainly not going to shut me up personally. That's for sure. Now this is gonna this program is definitely aimed at all of the listeners here in Florida, but that doesn't mean all of you listening in the other thirty plus states in the union. Uh, can just go ahead and turn your podcast off. You pay attention too, and we'll show you how it's getting done down here. And then you can start the ball rolling in your state for constitutional carry because that's the fight going on here, right here, right now in Florida. And we are definitely in the fight. And by the way, if you are a keeper and you are a bearer, you are in a fight. You are in a fight for your rights. And let me ask you this. What, what cost is too great for you? What, uh, what, 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 what is too great a cost for you to preserve the rights that God gave us for your children and your children's children? I mean, yes, it's great to join pro-Second Amendment groups like uh, GOA and the Second, uh, Second Amendment Foundation and the Firearms Pol- Policy Coalition, All great organizations. Yes, I'm a member of all three, and you should be too, especially GOA. But uh, what about getting active in the fight, too, being part of the legislative process? Because that's not just your right. That's your duty as a citizen of the United States, and a citizen of your state in particular. It's your duty to be involved in the legislative functions of your state, and yes, also of this country. We have gone to sleep in this country, unfortunately. We, we've actually trusted a pack of lying thieves to go up to Washington and behave in a, in, a, you know, in a moral fashion and preserve our rights for us because, well, they had an R after their name. Uh, I've got news for you. The letter after the name doesn't mean Jack Diddley Squat anymore. It used to mean something. But even if it did, it doesn't matter. We are supposed to be vigilant. That is our duty. That's our job, to be vigilant in the defense and preservation of our God-given rights. I'm going to introduce you to a good friend of mine now. I've had the honor of knowing him for several years. He actually ran for governor of Florida back in 2018. He came in third place, unfortunately, in the primaries. I think he'd have made a fine governor. He's a man of great constitutional principle, a good Christian man. And that uh, he's also the Republican Liberty Caucus Chairman of Florida and Brevard County. And many of you know who I'm talking about already. That's Mr. Bob White. Bob, great to have you on the program today, brother.
1: Well, thank you very much, Royce. It's great to be with you. And let me just say, you said it was unfortunate that I didn't win that primary. I'm completely satisfied with the governor that we have. Ron DeSantis is yes. keeping Florida free, a- and uh, and our organization supports what he's doing. And there is no doubt that we're going to be supporting him as he runs for reelection this year.
0: Yes, sir. And I don't think Little Miss Nikki, the communist, free has a chance. <laughs> no chance at all. <laughs> um, she is not. She's no friend of the Second Amendment. Oh, has God, no, no business no, being sir. in charge of the licensing pro- uh, process. Number one, because there should be no licensing process. That's right. Number two, because she's a flaming Bolshevik, but I'll just leave that right there. So we're talking about today the legislative process going on here in Florida. And yes, all of you listening in Michigan, and yes, you, all of you listening in the Big Apple, too. Yep, I, I get the stats. I know where you're listening. Uh, you guys in New York City, New York, all of you up there in Manhattan, those of you in the Bronx, listen up. You have a fight on your hands. You can turn the tide because... You can make the system work, and uh, Mr. Bob White's fixing to explain exactly how that happens. As difficult as it may be sometimes, uh, when we make them feel the heat, they see the light, and I think you'd agree with that. Absolutely. And and that's what you guys are doing up there uh, in in Tallahassee, in the Florida state capitol, and fortunately, you've got some bulldogs on your side up there. Representative uh, Anthony Sabatini, who we were just talking about before the program. That's right. Great guy. I had, had the honor of sitting on the Second Amendment Forum with him uh, back in, what was it, 2020, I think it was? 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's a bulldog. He said the only the only thing that squares with the Constitution is constitutional carry, open and, conce- open and or concealed. So um, let's talk about the what you guys are doing up there, because the Republican Liberty Caucus isn't just some get-together of a bunch of good old boys who stand around and wave flags and tell stories and cheer each other on and and talk, talk bad about politicians that don't do what they're supposed to do. What are you guys doing up there in Tallahassee?
1: Well, a couple of things that I'd like your listeners to understand about the Republican Liberty Caucus is that We're not an official club or anything like that of the Republican Party. We're not chartered by, sanctioned by, approved by the party at either the local, the state, or the national level. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been the Republican Liberty Caucus for 30 years. We just celebrated our 30th year. It's a national organization. We have three principles that guide uh, our decision-making when it comes to the issues that we get involved in, And in in a place like Tallahassee, our state legislative process, the issues, the bills that we're either going to support or oppose. Uh, And those three principles are personal liberty, limited government, and free markets. So that guides us in choosing bills to support or oppose. So naturally, there's probably no issue uh, greater than the Second Amendment when it Mm -hmm. comes to the issues of personal liberty. Uh, And if if your listeners are interested, our website is rlcfl, as in Florida, rlcfl.org. And on the menu bar running across the top, they'll see a tab for 2022 legislation. And if they just click on there, it'll take you to a page where you just have to click one more time for our bill tracker, Mm -hmm. and it'll take you to exactly that, the bill tracker where we've got listed... The 25 or so bills that we're either supporting or opposing, bill numbers, brief description, and then whether we support it or oppose it. And there's several gun bills there, not just constitutional carry, uh, but tweaks to the red flag law, as despicable as it is. There's there's two bills on red flag, one that would eliminate it altogether, and right, another one, so. yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, rightly so. And another one that would uh, provide legal counsel for folks that cannot afford it. What a lot of people don't know about red flag is that when you're issued that RPO, which is a risk protection order, Mm -hmm. and uh, they confiscate your firearms without you knowing anything about it in advance, what a gross violation of our due process rights, Mm -hmm. when you go into the hearing uh, to try to convince the judge that you should have your firearms back, if you can't afford an attorney, one is not appointed for you. That's right. They treat it as a civil infraction and not a criminal infraction. Yep. So our friend, um, our friend Tyler Saroy here in Brevard County has a bill that would at least change that so that if you can't afford it, you will get one appointed. And the stats, we know that the stats are showing that those people that go into those hearings with an attorney have a much greater chance of getting their firearms back than if they go in by themselves.
0: And that's a very insidious thing, Bob. It is. They make that a civil... Thing absolutely rather than a criminal thing and don't tell me that was by accident all these communists everything they do is by design uh, how could it be a civil action when it's brought by the state that's what I want to know
1: well you're exactly right and and you mentioned the state and so if if, if you've been issued a red uh, an RPO and they've got your guns and you're going in there without an attorney then you're by yourself up against the most powerful institution in the world, mm-hmm. the state. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and and you're going to be at a severe disadvantage mm-hmm. in a matchup like that.
0: Yes, you certainly will. You, I mean, uh, you don't speak attorney. You don't think like an attorney, and that's probably why you're a law-abiding citizen. I, I'll just leave that right there. That sure. was free, by the way. You don't <laughs> have to pay extra for that today. Um, but uh, there's one sheriff in this state, and we know who I'm talking about. I'm going to try to be polite because he does do some good stuff. Yes, he does. But he's also been the most, he he has misused this law, this red flag law passed in 2018 with that Marjorie Stoneman Douglas monstrosity. Mm -hmm. And he has used that to literally uh, issue RPOs against eight-year-olds and 10-year-olds and then send his deputies over to, the parents had to to the house to guilt the parents into surrendering their firearms, even though there was no RPO on them. That isn't, that's, it. thats is crooked. That is, uh, and while I appreciate a lot of things that sheriff has done and I'm definitely not talking about Brevard County Sheriff, I will tell you that, uh, <laughs> a lot of things he has done has really just lit me on fire. And I sent him a, a, a politely worded email and never, never received anything back, shockingly, uh, and told him what I thought about you know, him doing it. He doesn't care. Uh, and it, that's, that's a lot of power to put in somebody's hands. And when you put that kind of power in someone's hands, it's bound to be abused if they're not guided by constitutional principle.
1: That's absolutely true. And, and what you've brought up is a great illustration of the point that so many of our legislators in Tallahassee, know so little. Mm-hmm. They're so ignorant on so many things. Especially uh, the
0: Constitution. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Well, I mean, backing up to just the, um, just the whether or not you get, uh, you get um, an, an attorney appointed for you, uh, whether you get representation in these hearings. When we, we actually brought that up with the Senate president, when we were in Tallahassee on Tuesday and Wednesday, we had a meeting with Wilton Simpson, who's the president of the Florida Senate, one of the three most powerful people in the state. Your governor, your Senate president, and your speaker of the Florida House. And um, when, when, when we were talking about red flag, I brought up the point of, of having an attorney and that the state wouldn't appoint one for you. And he looked at me and said, oh, that's not true. I said, oh, yes, it is. It's absolutely true. He said, that can't possibly be. I said, it's absolutely true. And he had an aide sitting there with him in the room and he looked over at his aide and she looked at him and said, they're right. They're right. They wow. will not appoint one for you. And he turned and he looked back at us and he said, well, that's just not right. I said, <laughs> I said
0: no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. And it's not Florida right. You've been living under that lash for four, going on four years now, Mr. Absolutely.
1: Winston. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and again, to their ignorance and, and their not knowing what's actually going on with this kind of thing, he brought up that, that particular sheriff that you're talking about along with our sheriff, Wayne Ivey, because the two of them uh, I don't mind naming him. It's a Grady Judd over in Polk County. Mm-hmm. And as you said, he does a lot of really good things. Yes. Uh, but he's so wrong on this issue. So, very, very wrong. So Wilton Simpson, our Senate president, brought up the two of them, okay, as being good friends of his. And I said, well, uh, Mr. President, are you, uh, are you aware of, of which county it is in the state of Florida that has issued more RPOs than any other county in the state? He said, well, no, I have no idea. I said, I said, "Well, I bet that you would expect that it would be something like Broward or Palm Beach or maybe Miami-Dade, the most populous counties in the state." And he said, "Well, yeah, I would think so." I said, "No, it's Polk County."
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he kind of looked at me strangely. Your buddy, yeah. Yeah, he kind of looked at me strangely and I said, "And not by a little bit. Of the somewhere between 6,000 and 7,000 RPOs that have been issued, issued statewide, Polk County has issued over 1,000 of them. Mm. Drastically more than any other county." Those two particular sheriffs, Grady Judd and Wayne Ivey, our sheriff here in Brevard, those two counties are only about maybe 100,000 people apart in terms of population. Polk's Mm -hmm. about 720. Uh, Brevard is about 620. Uh, Polk County, they've issued well over 1,000. And in Brevard County, I think we're still less than 200. Mm. So, and he thought, he asked, he said, well, why do you think that is, <laughs> that, that, these, that these counties are so different? And, and I said, well, it's because there's no objective standard. You've put, a, you've put a procedure in place where law enforcement can come in and take lawfully owned firearms out of somebody's house without due process, and there's no objective standard. So what you've really done is you've put a tool in the hands of individuals to use at their entire, entirely at their discretion. Yes. And that's why you have this skewed, these skewed results that are going on all over, all over the state.
0: That's right. Because if, it was, if there were definitive standards to go by, uh, like constitutional standards, well, of course, if there were constitutional standards, there would be no red flag laws. Exactly right. But uh, there would not be that disparity Mm -hmm. Of enforcement, that's for sure. We're going to take a quick break right now, Bob, and come back to you in just a second. First, I want to tell you all about my friends, my buddy Anthony, out at Counter Strike Tactical, the best little gun store in Melbourne.
1: Counter Strike Tactical, the best little gun store in Melbourne, and proud sponsors of the Shooting Straight radio podcast. Visit us at 1008 Strawbridge Avenue for all things AR-15. Stop in and see the custom AR builds by Tony Vallejo, owner and combat veteran. Plus, go-to weapon brand rifles, AK-47s, handguns, shotguns, ammo, AR and tactical rifle accessories, and more. Tony also offers laser engraving and seracoding. So stop in at 1008 Strawbridge Avenue, the best little gun store in Melbourne, Counter-Strike Tactical. Or call 321-499-4949 and tell Tony that Royce said yes.
0: Yes, indeed. Tell Anthony that Royce sent you. Good friend of mine, great guy, and he will take good care of you. Also, thank him for his service to our country. So you got to sit there in front of what's Wilton Simpson? Is that his name? He has not been our friend up there, and a lot of people don't understand that just because. And I said earlier about just because there's an R after your name doesn't mean you're squared away constitutionally. And he's been one of those people. Uh, Prior to him was Mister. Bill Galvano, who actually took money from Bloomberg. Uh, That gives you some idea of how money, I believe, corrupts the best. And uh, the love of money is still the root of all evil. <laughs> That's right. Especially when it comes to uh, infringing the rights of the, of the people. So you're having this conversation with Mr. Simpson, and he's not understanding that uh, your buddy <laughs> in Polk County is one of the ones flagrantly abusing these red flag laws. Uh, what are some, well, how'd the rest of the conversation go?
1: Uh, well, it was it was really pretty far-reaching in terms of uh, in terms of legislation that has that impacts our Second Amendment, and most significantly, the conversation dwelt on uh, constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have a legislative agenda of bills that we're either supporting or opposing. So when we're meeting with legislators, we use that agenda. We you know we put it in front of them with an explanation, and the very first bill on our legislative agenda this year is. HB 103, and that is Anthony Sabatini's bill over on the House side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is no companion bill on the Senate side. There is no constitutional carry bill that any member uh, introduced this year. So when I put the legislative agenda in front of him, I said, you know, Senator Simpson, we, uh, we don't ever expect to agree uh, with anybody in the Florida legislature 100% of the time. And I believe that this first bill on our agenda is going to be one of those areas where we're not going to be in agreement. He said, what's that bill? I said, well, it's HB 103. It's the constitutional carry bill that was introduced over in the House. He said, well, what makes you think we wouldn't agree on that? And I said, well, there's not a companion bill in the Senate. And the word on the street is that the reason there's not a companion bill is because you have basically told your senators don't introduce one. He said, that's a lie. I said, really? He said, not only is it a lie, it's a dirty lie. He said, I've never told any senator that they could not introduce a constitutional carry bill or any other bill.
0: Of course, I, trying to figure out which one of them is lying would be a chore in itself, That's it? <laughs> right, because
1: we've heard from many that have said exactly that. Yeah. And um, he said, I said, so do you or do you not support constitutional carry? He said, I support constitutional carry, and in fact, I would vote for it if it ever made it to the Senate floor. Now-
0: Those were the key words right there, if. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly,
1: because it's real easy to say that you'd vote for something if it made it to the Senate floor when you you know that it's not going to make it to the Senate floor. You're Mm. never going to be put in a position where you have to put up or shut up on that statement. And- um, And he went on to say that he was a great friend of the Second Amendment and all of these kinds of things. Every time I hear
0: that, I want to throw up. I know.
1: And so finally I looked at him and I said, so sounds to me like if one of your committees were to draft and file a committee bill authorizing uh, constitutional carry, you wouldn't have a problem with that. He said, I wouldn't have a problem at all with that. I'd be fine with that. And, of course, the the important fact for your listeners behind a a committee bill is that uh, legislators have a deadline to be able to submit a bill, a personal bill that they've submitted. Uh, And the deadline is like a week to 10 days before the session starts for them to be able to submit a bill that they've drafted. Uh, But a committee bill, a committee bill can be filed and drafted and filed at any point in the process, even within the last week of the 60-day session, a committee could still put a bill in.
0: A legislative committee.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Any one of the committees, either side. Now, this is critically important because on the House side, where we have HB 103, they're refusing to act on it. And their, their position is, their excuse for not scheduling it in committee Is that there's no bill in the Senate and so the chairman of the House committee that would hear it first told us because we met with him he said they and they always use this excuse we're not going to spend our time working on an issue on this side of this side if there's not a companion bill in the Senate there's no no progress in the Senate no chance that it's going to happen in the Senate so we're not going to hear it over here in the House Now, that's a dereliction of duty, absolutely, in my opinion. I was just going to say. The House is only responsible for the House. The Senate is responsible for the Senate. And there is no requirement that there has to be a companion bill in the other chamber for it to be taken up. So our position is the House should schedule the bill to be heard in committee. And it's got to go through three committees before it can make it to the floor. The House needs to schedule it, hear it, and pass it out. And if they do make it to the floor and pass it on the floor, they can send that bill to the Senate. They call it sending it over in messages. And then the Senate gets to choose whether or not they want to take it up. And they can take it up without it going through any committees if they want to, if it's come over from the House. Um, So that's a a dereliction of duty altogether. Mm -hmm. The House should take responsibility for its actions, pass the bill, send it to the Senate, and then it's on the Senate. The House is not responsible for whether the Senate chooses to take it up or not. So when he said that he would support a committee bill, our antenna just immediately went up and said, okay, which what's the appropriate committee to, to draft a bill on the Senate side, and who is that chairman? So it would be the Judiciary Committee, and the chairman of the Judiciary Committee is a guy named uh, Danny Burgess. Uh, he represents a district that is parts of Polk, parts of Hillsborough, and parts of Pasco. Um, and as I said, he's the chair of the Judiciary Committee. So we met with Wilton Simpson on Tuesday afternoon and got those got those commitments, got him on record. And the next morning, we went straight over to Senator Burgess's office, three of us did, and uh, he wasn't there. We didn't have an appointment, and that's understandable. Uh, But we told the aides what we were looking for, uh, that told them about our conversation with the Senate Senate president, and said that our expectation is that since the Senate president has said he supports the issue, supports the bill, would vote for it on the floor, has no problem with the Senate committee drafting a bill, then there's no reason why Senator Danny Burgess, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, should go ahead and get it done. Amen. There's no excuse for him not to. But they'll come up with one. They'll figure out a way to come up with an excuse. So our whole mission right now is to heap all kinds of pressure on Senator Danny Burgess, that's spelled B-U-R-G-E-S-S, Uh, And how do we pressure him? Well, here's what we do. We are, we've organized a calling campaign and an email
0: campaign. Okay. Hold on just a second. Go right now, put the podcast on pause and go get some paper and a writing utensil and get ready to write down this information. If you live in the state of Florida, uh, I'm going to goad you right now. Let me tell you right now, this is your place in this fight. You contact your representative, you do your duty. If you don't do your duty in contacting your representative, you are in dereliction of duty. Listen to me closely. You make contact. When they when we make these boys feel the heat, they will see the light, I guarantee you. So go get your pen and pencil and paper and get your butt right back here. Go ahead, Bob. And it's really important that people act quickly on this. Yes, amen. It's a
1: 60-day legislative session in Florida. Uh, and we're already two weeks into it. Mm-hmm. So there's pitifully little time left. So uh, this, if it's going to happen at all, it needs to happen right away. Uh, so here's the thing. We send out what we call a legislative action alert on big issues like this, on any of the bills that are in our bill tracker, mm-hmm. uh, where we tell the people that are subscribed to our, um, to our list, to our email list, uh, about the bill, when it's going to be heard or not heard, or uh, you know, who the Republicans are on the committee, uh, and then whether we support it or oppose it, and then what action they're supposed to take. In this case, we've got to get a bill drafted in the first place. So the, the plan of action is really quite simple. Uh, we give everyone the phone number, for Senator Danny Burgess in Tallahassee. And that number, get your pencil ready, your pen ready, 850-487-5020.
0: All right, if he, if, if if someone does not answer, there um there's a message system, Absolutely. right? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So
1: you know you can you can you can make the phone call tonight, tomorrow, or you can wait until Monday. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to just burn up their phone
0: lines. Now, let me ask you this. Do, you, do people actually sit there and listen to all the messages?
1: Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, well, that's good to know. They absolutely do. They absolutely do because every legislator up there has trained their aides to actually keep score, make make check marks off because once, once they hit, a, they make an assumption that for everybody that calls them on a particular issue, there's going to be probably at least another hundred or so out there that agree with that person that's making the call.
0: That's a wise assumption, actually. Yeah, maybe
1: yeah. even as many on depending on the hot button, uh, you know, of the issue, how hot a button it is, could be even more than that, you know, mm-hmm. that are going to be agreeing with that person that calls in. So it's really important to make that call, and it's a real simple call too. All we want them to say basically is that tell them that you know. That the Senate president, Wilton Simpson, has said that he supports constitutional carry. He'd vote for it if it made it to the Senate floor. And you also know that he has green-lighted a committee bill to be drafted. And you know that it is Senator Danny Burgess's committee, the Judiciary Committee, that would have to draft that bill. And your demand of him is that he do exactly that. There's no excuse for him not to. The Senate president's behind it. Our governor got behind it. Our Mm -hmm. governor said that if a bill hit his desk, he'd sign it. So there's no excuse for Senator Burgess to stonewall this. So that's the phone call, 850-487-5020. The other thing that we want people to do is we want them to send an email. Mm -hmm. And don't pick, don't choose one or the other. Do both. We want to blow up their phone lines. We want to pack their inbox, their email inbox. And on the subject line, we would like people to write Constitutional Carry Committee Bill-File It Now. Constitutional Carry Committee Bill-File It Now. And you don't need a big, long dissertation about how, about, you know, you don't need to try to explain Constitutional Carry to this senator. He's going to know what it's all about. So all we really need you to do is, in the subject matter, write the same thing as the phone call would have been we know Senate President Wilton Simpson supports constitutional carry and will vote for it on the floor. We also know that he has said he would be fine with a committee bill being filed to authorize constitutional carry in Florida. So, what are you waiting for?
0: That's Amen. all you need to say. Amen.
1: And our hope is that we get so much pressure on this particular senator— And we're going to follow these up, by the way, with action alerts that go to all the Republican members of the committee. Mm -hmm. But we're just trying to heat pressure right now on that one senator. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. It's not only the only way we get action in the Senate on constitutional carry is if we can convince this committee, this committee chairman, that he needs to do this. That will also take away the excuse that they're trying to use over in the House. Mm -hmm. That lame excuse of, well, nothing's happening in the Senate, so why should we waste our time over here? If we could get a Senate bill filed, even that lame excuse would be taken away. They could no longer say there's nothing happening in the so, Senate.
0: So your duty and function in the House is contingent upon the Senate's action? Is it's that what not, you're trying to tell me? Really? That is not how the system was set up in any, in, in the, on the federal or state level anywhere in, in, in the United States.
1: Royce, you're absolutely correct. Uh, but here's, here's something that people also need to know at least about how things operate in Florida. In Florida, the Senate president and the House speaker are the most powerful Members of the chambers, they are two and three in terms of the statewide power legislatively and government after the governor. And we know for a fact that the Speaker of the Florida House is very anti-Second Amendment, very anti-Constitutional carry. And they have so much power in the amount of money that they can raise. We have these things in Florida called political committees. And every legislator can have one, okay, in addition to their campaign accounts. So people think there's a cap on contributions to a legislator's campaign accounts. And there is to their campaign accounts. Mm. But every one of them can have a political committee with an entirely separate bank account. And wouldn't you know it, there's no limit on the amount of money that can be contributed to their political committees. And here's the kicker these political committees can all make contributions to each other. So, this, And the Senate president and the House speaker, with their ultimate power over what gets heard and what doesn't get heard and what gets prioritized and doesn't get prioritized in their chambers, they have the power to raise more money than any other legislator. And they will, they will use that, those millions of dollars that they raise, they will use that money to either punish or reward the members of their chambers, their respective chambers, based on whether or not they toe the leadership line when it comes to these bills. It is the most corrupt thing you've ever heard. We refer to this as the legal laundering of campaign cash.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. That's exactly I, I tell you what, one thing I learned is that politics is the cancer of America's legislative system. It is. And money is the cancer of politics.
1: That's exactly so right.
0: So uh, one feeds on the other and off the other, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. insidious beyond measure. It's really disgusting to me Is a lot of these people enter the political field for the sake of personal enrichment. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, when I heard even little Mr. Marco Rubio, whom I have lost every ounce of respect of, I ever had for him, uh, li- literally admitting that people would come by and hand him uh, a, uh, a little brown bag with $40,000 in it, and I'm like, well, why didn't you refuse it, you right. know? And, and he, is, he is useless to me. I have sent him emails regarding Second Amendment, uh, now that he's up there in the federal level, and everything I get back from him is a form letter that he sent me the last time I sent, a, uh, I sent him something. And, and, and all of it is to whitewash and, and sanctify his intentions to do what he knows good and stinking well is not constitutional. We'll get back to that in just a second. First, we're going to talk about my good friends out at shootingclasses.com. Shootingclasses.com. If you are a firearms instructor, that's the only logical place to run your firearms business from. Shootingclasses.com. You can set up your page there, set up your profile, set up your classes, take payments there. Your certificates are auto-generated. Rosters are auto-generated. And also sends emails out to your students before the class reminding them at least a week or two out they have a class coming up. And uh, I can't find any other platform out there where it makes sense to run your business from if you're a firearms instructor. Everything's right there. Even even if you want to print your financial reports come tax time, it's all right there at shootingclasses.com. If you're a student, uh, set up an account out there and you get matched up with some serious, serious firearms instructors. Men like David Boone Benton, Israel Matos. Chris Tonto-Parranto and guys like that. Bill Orndorff, Bruce Corey. Those are the guys that actually founded ShootingClasses.com. It is, I'll tell you what, it's genius. And it simply doesn't make sense to try to run your business from any other platform. ShootingClasses.com Great people, great organization, great platform. If you're an instructor, get out to ShootingClasses.com and set up your profile now. So we're talking about the legislative process, the insidious monster here in Florida. <laughs> That's right. That we are trying very hard to uh, go the legal route to get our, uh, or the, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say the legal route, the legislative route to wrestle our rights back from the state. And many of you, you already know what I'm going to say in regards to this. It, it's absolutely disgusting that we have to lease our right back from the state. I don't know how in the world they square that with the United States Constitution. It's a violation of the Second Amendment. It's a violation of the 14th Amendment, and they have no business doing what they're doing. Um, right now we're talking about the legislative process. Um, let me ask you this, just a worst case scenario thing while it's popped into my head. if something happens and the legislative process does not work and this thing dies, is there possibly the avenue of literally suing the state into constitutional compliance?
1: I don't know the answer to that question, Royce. It's a great question, uh, but off the top of my head, I I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, I would think that if it were possible, it would have been tried already. I, I don't think, think people have thought of it. I really don't. Uh, well, maybe. But, you know, I mean, had
0: you thought of it before Before I said that?
1: Uh, no, I really hadn't. <laughs>
0: That's what I <I'm laughs> And about. I'm pretty involved. <clears throat> right. But, you're, you're very involved in the legislative process. Uh, but,
1: but as an organization, we're not exclusively a 2A organization. We're not exclusively right. a gun rights organization. Mm-hmm. We get into all kinds of issues that have to do with limited government and government regulation and mm-hmm and the size of the budget and taxation and all of those kinds of things right. I mean, you and I could do a 24 hour podcast to oh, talk easily. about all
0: the things easily, so, and so, do one every day <laughs> I've never thought
1: about but I've got to believe that GOA and Florida Carry and some of these other organizations like Florida Gun Rights and NAGRA National Gun Rights I've got to believe that they've pondered that question could we sue for this um, I, I will say this We started a postcard campaign back in uh, September of this year, just as they were gearing up for what they call committee weeks up in Tallahassee. And this was before the governor had said what he said about signing a bill if it made it to his desk for constitutional carry. Mm -hmm. That caught a lot of people entirely by surprise. Uh, And we knew at the time that we started this postcard campaign that there was no appetite for it whatsoever in either the House or the Senate. All right? I mean, the only reason, one of the, I should say, one of the reasons that Wilton Simpson was willing to say what he said to us is that the governor has already said that he would sign a bill if it hit mm-hmm. his desk. And, of course, the other thing is, is that good old Wilton is running for statewide office. Uh, he's running for agriculture commissioner. And so he's trying to, I think, glom on to the popularity of the governor because our governor is sky high right now, and rightfully so. Uh, and I think he's just trying to piggyback on that for his own political benefit. Um, and in fact, I would tell your listeners that, you know, we consider ourselves the conscience of the Republican Party. Having an R behind your name doesn't get you a free pass with us. M- many times it makes you a target. Absolutely. Okay, because we're policing the Republicans, not the Democrats. We know how what, exactly. they're, what they're all about. We know
0: they're the enemy. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And we have this preponderance of we have con- total control of the Florida House and the Florida Senate, super supermajority in, in the House, almost 80 out of 120. We have 24 out of 40 senators uh, in the Senate. But we knew when we started this postcard campaign that, it was again, it was before the governor said what he said, which kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit and, and began to give us possibilities. There was no appetite in either chamber. It looked going into the session that, that Second Amendment constitutional carry was going to be dead. So we took a tack to that, okay, let's look to the future. In Florida, a House speaker serves for two years. A Senate president serves for two years. This year in Tallahassee is the last of the two years. So as of the end of this session, Sprouse will be out, and the new speaker coming in is a guy named Paul Renner. On the Senate side, Simpson will be out, and the new Senate president coming in is from Collier County. Her name is Kathleen Pasadomo. So we started a postcard campaign to the two of them, to Speaker-designate Paul Renner and Senate President-designate Kathleen Pasadomo. And the postcard is about two issues. It's about It basically says constitutional carry, yes, unconstitutional red flag, no. And then we give them some bullet points mm-hmm. on, on what that's all about. And so we've been distributing these postcards all over the state, and it was a very simple message. It was, there was a yellow line on the box that says, sincerely, it's, sign your name, put a stamp on it, stick it in the mailbox. Real easy. Uh, right now, we're still, we're still putting those out, but we're collecting them back so that we can send them to their address in Tallahassee, not their district office address. So the, the strategy was, let's get in the new leadership's head, Right now, mm-hmm. and start pounding away at the idea of constitutional carry and eliminating red flag before they ever even take office as the new leadership. And let's just let's just overload their mailboxes with postcards and postcards and postcards. And and we've had we've had success with, with these postcard campaigns in the past. Um, you know, we did a postcard campaign back in it was either 2019 or 2020 to Bill Galvano, the then Senate president, and Tom Lee, one of the committee chairmen. Galvano had tasked Tom Lee with drafting a new bill for the upcoming session back then that would have made red flag even worse than it already was and would have have also given us universal background checks Mm -hmm. and and a few other onerous kinds of things. And we got wind of what they were doing. uh, The... uh, it was starting in January that year as well, we got wind of what they were doing. And so we did rallies all around the state. We distributed postcards, the whole bit. And um, when, when we were doing our Lobby Days event, which we do every year, we just got back from it on Wednesday of this week. And we were up there for three days. Um, so that year, when we were doing, when we were getting ready to go up there, um, we got a call from Tom Lee's office and the aide said, "We understand that uh, you're going to be in Tallahassee next week. Senator Lee would really like to sit down with your leadership." And we said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah, we've gotten about 2,000 of these postcards, <laughs> and he wants to know what this is all about." So it does
0: help. It can make you...
1: a, it can make a huge impact.
0: Yeah, a lot it of people think, "Well, it can. just doesn't. My voice doesn't get heard." It well, absolutely... there's proof that it does.
1: There, there is. There absolutely mm-hmm. is. And here's the here's the thing about this is that. His committee, okay, they actually did pass it in that committee. And four Republicans voted for it. It was a terrible bill, and they passed it on the Friday before the session started the following week. But then we were up there in week two doing our due diligence and going around and talking to, you know, all of these senators. And, of course, this postcard campaign had gone to Tom Lee and also to Bill Galvano. And you mentioned Bloomberg. Bill Galvano had taken $500,000 from Bloomberg into one of those PCs that I was talking about before, Mm -hmm. the political committees, not his campaign account. Okay, But do you know that because of what we did with that postcard campaign, uh, as I said, it passed out of his committee. It never even got heard Mm -hmm. in another committee. And typically a bill has to go through three committees uh, and then to the rules committee that schedules it for the floor. It never even got taken up in any other committees. So I'm confident that because of what we did that year we killed a very bad bill.
0: Well I'm glad to hear that and I really appreciate the dickens out of the work you guys do. A lot of people don't understand what the RLC does. Uh, Now they're getting a taste of at least my listeners are today that's for sure. And
1: this is great And, and let me just say you you told your Florida listeners to get a pen and a piece of paper and make the phone calls and send the emails. Your national listers from around the country can Absolutely. do the same thing, and,
0: and that's why I told them, "Hey, you, just because it doesn't pertain to your right. state, you listen up because we're giving you we're giving you some pointers here, we're giving you some some battle tactics to use." Right. You, uh, uh, when I talked about suing the state earlier, um, I I believe that it would probably be, be more likely to gain traction in a court system if we had exhausted all legislative uh, attempts first, and then I think we would have some standing. Mm -hmm. But uh, regardless of whether we're in the legislative fight or if we all have to start pooling our money to pay some very high caliber attorneys to go after the state itself for its rank violations of our rights, Mm -hmm. uh, we have to be in the fight. And that Absolutely. is one thing I can't drive home enough on this podcast right now, Bob. Uh, sitting home on your butt and whining about everything the bad people in the legislature are doing because, uh, well, they're just not following the Constitution. Uh, never expect them to and you won't be disappointed, all right? But you need to be lighted, you need to be their constitutional conscience. Sure. You need to light a fire under their butt. You need to send the email. You need to make the phone call you send the postcards but you be involved this is supposed to be a government of by and for the people but the people have totally uh, abdicated their duty in the whole process and that's why we are where we're at it's kind of like letting your children run run wild mm-hmm. you know that's really what we're dealing with they they haven't been disciplined by the people before they haven't been kept in check and That's what our founders set up for us, was a system just like that. Just like what did Ben Ben Franklin tell the lady when he walked out of the the Congress and she said, what have you given us, Mr. Franklin? What was the answer? A republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. It, He didn't say if Congress can keep it. Right. He didn't say if the Senate and the House could keep it. He didn't say if the president was a good guy and not a leftist. He said, if you, ma'am, you and the rest of the American citizens can keep this republic, that's why we do what we do, and that's why you you guys are doing what you're doing, too. You know,
1: I tell people all the time when I'm traveling around the state of Florida, I tell them that I always ask the question, how many of you want to restore the republic? And every hand in the room goes up, right? Because I'm speaking to our, our people, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, every hand in the room goes up, and then I tell them, then quit going to Washington, D.C. for rallies. The road to restoring the republic begins in your hometown and runs to your state capital. Mm -hmm. In our case, that's Tallahassee. You want to restore the republic? Get active in Tallahassee. A lot of people have no idea the damage that can be done to their rights from Tallahassee as opposed to Washington. People have a tendency to focus on local government because it's right close to home and Washington because it gets all the attention. But they kind of have this, they don't have, they don't, they have this mindset that, number one, they don't know what goes on in Tallahassee. And number two, well, Tallahassee couldn't be nearly as important as what's happening in Washington, D.C. In some cases, it's more important.
0: Oh, definitely more important. Absolutely. Primarily because if we allow our state senators and representatives to not if we don't hold their feet to the fire and keep them focused on constitutional issues and on a constitutional path here what is usually their next step they end up in washington <laughs> that's exactly right so and then they were they were corrupt here now they take that corruption up there where there's a huge huge influx of sure. money, trying to buy votes and trying to uh, influence the legislative process up there. You think it's insidious on the state level? My goodness, it's tenfold up there. So absolutely. now we've sent a bunch of corrupt sobs up now up to <laughs> up That's to exactly Washington, right. where they can be they can become even worse. So
1: it's absolutely true. And, and, and let me just say this for the benefit of your your listeners out of state. Mm-hmm. Uh, who may not be familiar with where Tallahassee is geograph- geographically in the state of Florida? It's pretty close to the Georgia-Alabama line. Yes, I mean it's way up in North mm-hmm. Florida, and in a very underpopulated uh, area. Yep, and it was picked as the capital way back in the age of uh, of, of the horse as the principal means of transportation, mm-hmm. and the only two population centers in the state back then were. The Jacksonville area, St. Augustine, Jacksonville, that area, and Pensacola, all the way out in northwest Florida, Mm -hmm. out in the Panhandle. Uh, And it was settled largely by the French, okay, Mm -hmm. and by the Spanish. And so they put a horse, they put a rider on horseback in, in Jacksonville and a rider on horseback in Pensacola and had them ride towards each other. And where they intersected was where they decided the state capitol to
0: go. <laughs> I never knew that. That's oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. So here we are in Florida with the population base is way south of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the population is the I-4 corridor from the Daytona area through central Florida, Mickey Mouse Land, and on over to mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. And then you got this massive population increase down in down in southeast Florida, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, and over in the southwest part of the state. And there was a move that was underfoot. I don't remember how many years ago it was. But one of the reasons we have this this big, beautiful, relatively new capital complex in Tallahassee is because there was a move afoot to move the capital from Tallahassee down to Orlando. Mm -hmm. And there was still enough population and enough legislative power in the Northeast and the Northwest uh, at that time, because it's probably 30 years ago that they did this, that they were able to prevent that move and they invested all of this money into new facilities to make sure that nobody would ever bring it up again. Uh, Because you've got this 22-story Capitol building, you've got the House and the Senate chambers and the office buildings and everything already up there. Legislators will go around telling their constituents, golly, I wish the Capitol was somewhere other than Tallahassee. You know, it's so hard to get there, and it's so remote, and it's tough for you guys to come up and visit us while we're in session. That's such baloney. It's such BS. They like the fact that it's that remote. They like the fact that it's hard for constituents to get there. Can you imagine if our capital was in Orlando? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could stage massive protests. Yep you know, outside the Capitol chambers, House chamber, Senate chamber. I mean, they'd never hear the end of us, but it's tough. I mean, it's for us to get here from Brevard. It's four hours. We had over 70 people up there from around the state for our Lobby Days event. And the people, I mean, think about the people that were coming up from Broward and from Naples and Fort Myers. I mean, they had seven and eight hour drives to get there, but they did it. But But you can only do it if you know you can only make a trip like that one time during the session
0: well i i went up there in 2018 because i was invited to make a speech on the capitol steps with mark keith robinson who's now lieutenant governor of uh, north carolina great guy right mr mr i am the majority you remember him right i do and uh eric pratt with goa was there and hickok 46 was up there the Mm -hmm. guy that has that uh, youtube channel where he's testing out the guns and everything and, uh, and some other great people and uh yeah it, it i can understand I, I can understand why they uh like being isolated and away from because it, it was a five hour four or five hour drive for yeah. us a busload of people from brevard county went up there then too mm-hmm. and we put on a nice show up there Sure, uh, there were probably about three or four hundred people there i wish it would have been a lot more right but it's far away and people can't make the trip. And I had a lot of people tell me that. Right. I would have done so, but man, it's it's a full day worth of driving at a minimum. And then, you know, you got a hotel and things like right. that. If it was closer, we could just drive there and back sure. the same day. So that definitely lends credence to what you're saying. Right. We're gonna uh, talk speaking of massive gatherings, we're gonna talk about some things you got coming up. First, we're gonna hear from my friends out of WJS Gunn. My buddies out at WJS Guns in Merritt Island, Bill Stasek and Dalton and Troy and the gang out there do a fine job taking care of all their customers, including law enforcement officers who want to buy blue label firearms. He's a Blue Label dealer for multiple manufacturers, also very female friendly. They do a great job serving all of their customers. They will get you squared away and well-regulated in your Second Amendment rights. He offers handguns, long guns, a great selection of 1791 gun leather brand holsters, also body armor, ammunition, uh, magazines. What are you looking for? Bill's got you covered out there at WJS Guns. Check him out at WJSGuns.com. If you want to do some fishing, he's got you covered with Fishing Tackle. Bill's a total outdoor store. WJSGuns.com. Check him out there. Do make sure you tell him you heard about him on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Great people out there. And, yes, I hope you're continuing to keep Mr. Bill Staysack in your prayers after that rains incident where he got struck by a round that bounced off the floor. He's wow. doing okay. He's a tough dude. And yes, do keep praying for him. And uh, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. So we're talking about massive gatherings that politicians don't like. They don't like a show of force. That's what they That's don't right. like. They don't like a bunch of really ticked off people because they start worrying if there's pitchforks and, and torches in the crowd. <laughs> right, right. They were warming up the, the tar kettles and cutting some pillows open or something. <laughs> you know? But... Um, we, you've got some rallies scheduled for the sec, some Second Amendment rallies, uh, one in Melbourne on February 5th. That's right. And you guys have graciously invited me to come speak at that. It is going to be my honor to be there and speak sure. there, and I'm going to see if I can light some fire under, under people to get into this process that you guys have been spearheading for a while now. Right. And so tell us about what else is coming up. Well, the one on the
1: 5th is uh, in downtown Melbourne in the Veterans Park that is right out in front of the Liberty Bell Museum. Right. And right next to the uh, the Melbourne Auditorium. Right. Now, coincidentally, there just happens to be a gun show going on in the Melbourne Auditorium that day. Love the
0: timing. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> we're, we're doing our rally uh, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but we're going to have a table at the gun show that okay. morning, handing out flyers, telling people to go over to the rally. And all of these rallies, by the way, I mentioned the postcard campaign. We're going to be handing out postcards at these rallies and asking people to sign them on the spot and just give them back to us. Perfect. And we'll mail them to Tallahassee. Because how many postcards
0: get lost when you hand them to somebody and then they walk off with them?
1: You never know. You you, you just never know. So we'll handle the postage. All you got to do is sign it. It's no longer sign it, put a stamp on it, and take it in the mail. It's just sign it, and we'll do the rest.
0: Well, can we, if we want, bring our own stamp? Would that help? Yeah.
1: Well, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to bunch them up. So we'll get 50, 100, 150. Gotcha. I've been doing that actually since the session started or a week before the session started because we started this campaign early, and the the address on the postcard is to their district offices, but they're in Tallahassee now. So we'll collect them. We'll bulk mail them to Tallahassee. and, And so the cost of postage will be on us. But we just had one this morning over in Bradenton. I drove over to Bradenton this morning uh, for that one. It went great. It was wet, and it was, <laughs> you know, it was cold and rainy, and it was an outdoor event. And they still had about 100 Patriots show up, Fantastic. which was really great. And we distributed postcards there. They had some terrific speakers uh, at that event, not just me, but a lot of other people, uh, that, that spoke at that event and, and, and spoke really well on, on the Constitution and on constitutional carry and our Second Amendment rights in general. Uh, I mentioned ours is on the fifth here in Bavard County. Uh, Volusia's got one in the works. I think theirs is next. I think theirs is next Saturday on the 29th. And I think the one in Northeast Florida in Jacksonville, I believe theirs is on the 29th as well. But I'd have to check on that. Some of the other chapters that we have around the state are in the kind of still in the early planning stages. But our idea is we want to get these done um, by February 5th or 12th uh, so that they still have an, have an impact on what's going on in Tallahassee right. this year. So, okay. uh, so that's what's going on with those events. We, I, I mentioned our Lobby Days event that we just got back from. We do that every year. Except we couldn't do it last year because they locked down the Capitol because of COVID. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, you the couldn't dreaded even dreaded
0: COVID. You
1: couldn't even get in on the Senate side. Mm. Only senators and their staff could get in on the Senate side. How convenient for them! And, oh, and and um, this Wilton Simpson, the Senate President, that was his first session. He was caught on a hot mic saying, well, you know, with this lockdown, he said, I think my senators are probably going to appreciate being able to come in and out of their office and not have a bunch of people sitting around waiting to talk to them.
0: Um, That's your (laughs) job, mister, to talk to the people.
1: (laughs) How are you supposed to petition your government for a redress of your grievances if you can't even get in to talk to them? I mean, it was just totally bizarre. The, the
0: attitudes they, that they exhibit are absolutely disgusting to me sometimes.
1: It, it, uh, it, it, it is true, yeah. absolutely. On the House side, you could still get in, but you had to have an appointment with a legislator. Hmm. And you had to show on your phone, you had to show the, the, the Capitol Police, you know, the security checkpoint when you come in, the, the appointment. The representative's aide had to come down, get you, walk you up, and when your appointment was over, which could be no more than 10 minutes long, had to walk you back down to the door. Why? And drop you off. And then if you had a second appointment, so if you had, if you had multiple appointments, you had to do that drill every single time. Oh, my word.
0: That's so ridiculous.
1: It is ridiculous. So you get walked up, you get walked back down. Then you have to show the security people that you have a second appointment. That aide from that person had to walk down, walk you up, then walk you back down and out the door. It was just the most ridiculous thing.
0: Wasn't this one of the grievances that the colonists had with King George that he used process to fatigue them into compliance? Sure. That is certainly what happens on the state and federal level Absolutely. a lot. One more thing, Bob. Sure. How can we help the
1: RLC? Uh, well, we're a membership organization, so mm-hmm. you can join. Okay. Uh, you can join online at uh, you can go to rlc.org or okay. you can go to rlcfl.org. And, you know, you can click on Join, and it'll take you right to the Join page. Uh, we're a dues-paid organization. It's $45, and that gets split three ways. $15 goes to our local chapter from wherever you live, 15 to the state organization, and 15 to the national organization. And important work is being done at all three levels. Amen. For instance... I mentioned earlier that we're not affiliated with or sanctioned by or approved by or chartered by the official Republican Party, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that's very important because that means that we are free to make endorsements in primaries. These Republican Uh. clubs and the Republican Party, they typically stay out of the primaries. They just wait and support whoever has the R behind their name in the Mm -hmm. general election, regardless of how strong a constitutionalist they may be. Um, how strong a conservative or a liberty-minded individual they may be. They're just going to support whoever has the R behind their name. We're looking for those people that are the most liberty-minded, most constitutionally sound in their thinking, that are willing to make commitments to uh, sign our Liberty Compact and then fill out our questionnaire. So that's very important. Uh, we do such great work in Tallahassee, but our local chapters do great work at the local level. Yes, absolutely. They can make... They can make endorsements in local races, mm-hmm. whether it's city council, county commission, school board, very hot right now. Oh, yeah. Your constitutional officers, our local chapters are free to endorse whomever they want to at the local level. The state board makes the endorsements for Florida House, Florida Senate, gubernatorial and cabinet. And our national board makes endorsements at the congressional level. But national is not going to endorse in a congressional race or a U.S. Senate race without consulting with the state First.
0: You know what heartens me is uh, several times now, RLC and yourself have invited me to be a guest speaker at mm-hmm. your gatherings. And it, what I love is going in there and seeing just how many people on the local level are involved. True. and it, That makes me feel so good about that. And, uh, well, you. It, it,
1: you referenced that, uh, that uh, Second Amendment preservation and protection rally that we had a right. couple of years back. Mm-hmm. You were on the panel. Bill Mick was our moderator. Our sheriff, right. Wayne Ivey, was on the panel. I was on the panel. Um, Sabatini
0: and, was on there. Sabatini too, was yeah. on
1: the panel, absolutely. We had over 500 people in the room that night. Yes,
0: day. standing room only. That it, was great. They
1: were, yeah, they were going lined up down the walls and across the back of the room. And these kinds of things do happen in other counties around the state of Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got 30 chapters now, and, we, and, that, and we're covering 34 different counties because some of our chapters are like covering two counties as opposed to just one county. Right. So, And it's all of the most populous counties in the state are basically covered at this point, point, so, and, we're, and we're adding counties, we're adding new chapters all the time. I've got five different chapters that are considered what we call under development. They haven't met the threshold that they need to meet yet in terms of membership and having their officers lined up and ready to go, but they'll all be coming online very, very quickly. Uh, so I tell people we've got chapters and members from Pensacola to Key West and from Jacksonville down to Fort Myers and Naples, mm-hmm. and uh, we cover all parts of the state. And so there's always a way for people to get involved with us.
0: Well, good to hear. I tell you what, um, one of the things I just want to throw this out here, I want to remind all of the listeners that the men who founded this nation, including Mr. Franklin, who said, a republic if you can keep it, Mm ma'am, they pledged their lives, their entire fortunes, Mm -hmm. and their sacred honor. $45 to the RLC, uh, 25 or 35 bucks to goa and to these other organizations is a paltry sum by comparison uh, how dare we you know not pay that sacrifice monetarily at a minimum to continue and keep the republic free absolutely um, this this it just really boggles my mind that because i blame the people we the people went to sleep Yes, there's plenty of fault to apply to the representatives and all those who went up there and shirked their constitutional duty to uphold and defend it. Mm -hmm. But we have the larger duty. It is our job to babysit those lying, thieving mugwumps up there who aren't doing their job. And that's where people like you and the RLC come in. I'm absolutely grateful to God for all of you. And I'm not just... Um, That's not a a light statement, Bob. Mm -hmm. I really mean that, and I thank God for you guys.
1: Buddy, I appreciate it. I thank God for you every day and for what you do as well, you guys like Bill Mick and others. If I can say just one more thing, you asked how people can help. Um, These legislative action alerts that I was talking about earlier, these emails that we send out to our our list of people that are subscribed to our list, Mm -hmm. if anyone from the state of Florida is listening right now, and I know there's thousands that are, you can subscribe to that list, and you can get, you'll start receiving our legislative action alerts on right. not just Second Amendment bills, but limited government bills, budget bills, those kinds of things. And all you have to do is go to, we have another website called legislativeactioncenter.org. That's legislativeactioncenter.org. And on the homepage, when you open up that site, down towards the bottom of that page, scroll down a little bit, there's a little tab that says subscribe. And if you just click on that, you can enter your email address, your name, your email address, those kinds of things, and you'll start receiving uh, these legislative action alerts so you'll know when these bad bills and when these good bills are getting scheduled and need our support to make things happen, to turn the tide in Tallahassee.
0: And then we can take those as marching orders and we know what to do then. Absolutely. Uh, Yes, get involved. This is your part in the fight. Don't tell me that if things get squirrely you're going to pick up a gun and defend yourself against a rogue government if you won't even take the time to get involved where you're supposed to right now be involved. And so that's it for this podcast. Bob, thank you for being part of it today, brother. I sincerely appreciate you and uh, I'm going to go ahead and hold you to it. This ain't your last appearance on the podcast. You've been on my program before. I was have. on WMMB. I have. And I, it's I always want, a pleasure. I want you to consider this podcast as one of your personal mediums and the medium of the RLC. Anytime you guys have something that needs to go out to my listeners and you want to reach a lot of people, sure, man, you know my number. You've had my number for several years now. I've got yours. You say when. I will uh, do it. Thank you. All right. And for the rest of you out there, get involved, keep your powder dry, keep your firearm loaded, keep it on your person, and remember, incoming rounds always have the right of way. Royce and Bob out. So turn it on, the crank it up.